Well, you only live once, maybe not. And this life right now might be all we've got. So let's contemplate the hereafter while we speculate with some laughter about this grim thing that happens to us all after that final curtain call. But before you take that final breath, let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and my guest today is another alumnus from Locked Away. That's that horror movie that we made as a group, Labor of Love. A lot of people involved somehow pulled it off by the skin of our teeth. And it's uh, it's just a fun project, you know, and... Um, Anyway, I reached out to Alan because Alan is somebody who went from locked away, went off to school, learned a trade, and now he's in Hollywood. And he was just in a major motion picture. Um, He played one of the heads in one of the monsters in the recent Godzilla movie. And that's his shtick. He loves to dress up as monsters. In fact, he's got a handle... Monster Maxon. And my guest today is Alan Maxon. And we have a really interesting talk. We talk all over the place. Different things, you know, about the whole world out there in Hollywood. Um, Different things in terms of death. His take on what he hopes happens. And it's just, it's kind of refreshing to hear, you know, somebody who is in a position like his who, yeah, he, he, he thinks about death too. Everybody thinks about death. It's one of those things that nobody is going to escape. It's just, it's in the cards for everyone. That is the final card. You know, that's the final thing dealt is, oh, that death card. So, you know, we kind of, we ponder on that and we, we kind of just uh, talk all over the place. Because that's one thing, if you've been listening now, you notice that I have a real issue with staying on topic, but I bring it back. You know, I always manage to bring it back and ask that question. What do you think happens when we die? Well... We get into that with Alan. And, uh, you know, but he talks about some incidences that happened to him that really affected him. So, you know, that's that's just one of those things that not only does death touch us, but it also touches those around us. And it's how you react to that and how you deal with that. And it's different for everybody. Just like life is different for everybody. Just like one of my guests suggested that death is different for everybody. Well, dealing with death is, you know, different for everyone. So, there's no right way, there's no wrong way. Anyway, on that note, here's my conversation with Alan Maxson. It's pretty fun. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, man? Not much, just uh, ready to go. What are you up to, dude? Uh, just uh, working for the state of Colorado, doing uh, IT stuff. Nice. Is this even Colorado a company or a person? Uh, state of Colorado, like the uh, government. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing um, IT stuff, but eh, I hate IT. <laughs> I want to do funny, no matter. Huh. I was going to say it's funny, no matter how um, 
close our day jobs are to our what we prefer it to be mm-hmm. we all hate it no matter what oh i'm sure i'm sure i just my my <laughs> thing was is that i i went to school i i got like a degree in art and i went with the intention of doing something with film but the problem was is that saginaw valley they didn't offer anything with film at that time so i took right. photography and theater which was the closest i could get and uh right. but yeah i mean even not saying i don't know if i'd want to do video necessarily as my day job but at least like something creative, you know. Yeah, it's just it might as well be data entry. It's just ugh. So right. Anyway, well, I tell you what, I uh, <clears throat> I don't want to spill my guts all over this with that stuff because someone someone that I work <laughs> with will be like, oh really? So <laughs> 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 anyway, although I did kind of come clean, you know what? Fuck it, I'll leave it in. I did kind of come clean with the uh, project manager. I was like, yeah, IT is really not my thing. I'm trying to get something going on the side. In fact, I gotta. <laughs> I'll talk with you about this uh, afterwards. I have a uh, a foundation that I want to try and get started. Um, oh. I talked with Jason Morrison about it. He's on board. Uh, Chris Howard's on board. And I want to get a few other people on board and then start looking into getting a nonprofit type of thing going. So, but I'll explain that later. Anyway, nice. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, so I know who you are, Alan, but uh, you know what? The listeners don't. So fill us in on uh, fill us in on what you do. I know it's pretty cool. So let 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 the listeners know what you're doing. Um, I am a actor who specializes in creature performance. Love it. So I've I've played over sixty creatures in film, TV, music videos, and commercials. And what was one of the more recent ones that people may have heard of? I am most well known for playing the right head of King Ghidorah in Godzilla King of the Monsters. I love that. That makes me so happy. So, but, uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, you know, it, it's it's just it's very cool. I mean, I, I remember uh, I remember you went to Full Sail, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, and I remember when you were down in Florida, and then you were like, "I'm going to L.A." And then all of a sudden, I started seeing your IMDb resume just kind of start beefing up, and I'm just like, "Holy shit, he's really doing it!" So that's oh, exciting. if you look at my IMDb now, it's like I, I can't even look at it. I would just go, "Yeah," I, you can tell I've I've done nothing but work in film for 15 years now. I think hey, it's like that's awesome, though. You know, that's it's, that's... it's a beefy and cluttered. <laughs> <laughs> But because like know, it's not just acting, you know. Like I have oh, yeah. almost every department on there just because I can do many things, and and also like a lot of it was too when I was starting out. You know, you gotta take whatever you can just to be able to pay rent. And so yeah, there's totally. a lot of jobs on there, and, and you can see, you can kind of see something I'm actually very proud of in my IMDb is a lot of people when they say they're like an editor, they don't ever put their assistant editor or or night editor stuff on it. They only put what they want the world to see them as. Or if someone's an actor, they don't put any crew positions they've done. Yeah. I like my, I like my IMDb because if you look at it and you look at it through the different departments and the different years, it shows the progress of what it actually truly takes to really make it in the entertainment industry. You have to work your way from the bottom up and start with no budget things and a lot of times working for free, like the only thing you're working for is that stupid credit on IMDb. Yeah, and, yeah. And you could tell just by looking at mine that that I did not have nepotism. You can tell that I've earned every single thing that I've uh, gotten on there, and and I kind of I'm proud of that because you know I I haven't had 
much help. <laughs> you know, the only help I've gotten is from networking, which is me networking, which stems back to my hard work as well. So it's like, I'm very proud that, that I did everything on my own. And, uh, obviously I owe a lot to other people recommending me and whatnot, but it all stems back to, well, you still gotta be good at it. I made those connections. Yes. And I had to be good enough to get recommended and to hold my own once I got in the door and stuff like that. So I'm very proud of that, that resume. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, and I remember in the early days, I remember being impressed that you had some like network TV editing gigs and all that kind of stuff almost from the mm-hmm. get-go, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think from the get-go it was more like production assistant stuff yeah, for network yeah. TV but, things. But eventually, yeah, I moved up from PA to digitizer to night AE to lead AE to junior editor to editor and, you know, and you just got to, you just keep going. And, and if you're good, you're going to, you're going to climb. And Absolutely. a lot of people, if you're not good, you'll climb too. I guess, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That does happen. So, um, you know, or, or you're good and then you start declining, but they still want you on there. Kind of like, uh, I won't say names, but <clears throat> Nicholas Cage, but, um, I, <laughs> like who? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> He I was, got no beef with Nick. I don't have any beef with Nicolas Cage. I really don't. But it's just it's just funny that he, he was like an A-lister, and now he's like a yeah, – someone's put it to me this way. He's a meme now. You know, and I kind of feel bad for the guy. I don't because I feel like he's been getting more work since he's become a meme. Oh, you're, it's almost you're like right. He found his exact audience. It's almost like what Bruce Campbell was before Bruce Campbell – became an A-lister. Like, for a long yeah. time, Bruce marketed himself as a B-list actor. He was known as the B-actor. Yeah, no, but, you're totally right. But he became an A-lister actually quite quick, and while he still marketed himself as a B, he was actually an A. And so Nicholas Cage kind of did the opposite. He was an A, and once the world started marketing him as a, I guess, not a B, but as a meme... <laughs> he did more work from it, I think, than he would normally. You know, so I think it's very interesting and, and kind of cool. You know, if he leans into it, which he has, then it's like you know where you are. And I feel like Jeff Goldblum kind of does, does that too. He knows he's kind of a joke, but not like <laughs> like we don't laugh at Jeff Goldblum and go "you suck" because actually he's fucking talented. Oh, he's talented as but, hell, yeah. But we laugh because he's very eccentric, very goofy. But he knows it. Like if you watch oh, yeah. any of those recent interviews. He says stuff and smiles at the camera where you're like, he knows the characters he's playing. <laughs> and uh, and it's like, if you lean into it, power to you because you gotta gotta get it, you know? Yeah, play to your strengths. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah, and now that you mention it, there's a few people. I mean, Christopher Walken's another one of those um, yeah. where, uh-huh. yeah, they, they know they know they're kind of a, a caricature of themselves now and they just run yes. with it. So, yes. But uh, that's, that's funny. That's... Uh, but yeah, so, so let me ask you this then: what, uh, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what got you into going the monster route? So before I came to Los Angeles, I was a really performer. Uh, in eighth grade, way back in 1998, <laughs> I took my uh, my first drama class, and I did all the High School Musicals. I was in choir for all four years. Um, I eventually joined a band. I I did music, did it a little bit through college. But then once I graduated from college and moved to LA, 
it was less about what I wanted to do and more about I need to genuinely survive. Because, yeah. Yeah, because you're strictly only, freelance at that point, weren't you? Hundred percent. I've been a freelance for about fifteen years. Oh God, that's uh, there's something there's something I envy about that, but there's something that's terrifying about that because it's feast or famine. I'm I'm assuming <laughs> it is, but yeah. it's one of those things where the first like three years of being freelance is terrifying, especially coming from a place like you and I do, where we're workhorses, we're born and bred to do assembly line quote unquote yeah. type stuff. Like even though we don't work on assembly lines, no, but I know what you mean. Mentality. It's it's that Midwest and, mer- yeah, work ethic they say, you know? Yes. And so the first three years of being freelance are terrifying because I have zero connections. You're not you work you're not working more than you're working. And you don't know if you'll get another job. And it's just like all these stresses. But then once you get past that hump, once you're in like year four or five, you start to go, okay, you know what? I will be fine. Just make sure you're smart about money and yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. And then then once you get to like year, I don't know, seven, you're totally comfortable. You're just like, you know what? No, this is life. It's fine. I will always find work as long as my name stays good, as long as everyone knows that I'm the best choice. Yeah. And uh, and now I'm, I'm on year 15 and I have no worry in the world. Like I actually – I actually got offered two jobs um, 15 minutes before you called me. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Nice. Nice. And I turned both of them down simply because I just wanted to take some time off. No, that's having that kind of freedom and liberty, though, has got to be very gratifying. Yes, it is. It is also stressful. Yeah. Because um, it's one of those things where, you know, I do have a long gig coming up starting at the beginning of October. Okay. So I know I have kind of a month off, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, I know where my bank account is going to be <laughs> Yeah, but at the start of October and I will be fine. But it also is on things where I just think to go, I'll be fine, but I'll have some catching up to do. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but you kind of have to just like, let it go or else you'll, I'll pull all my hair out, you know? Yeah. So, you almost have to just let it lie. That's uh, no, that's interesting because I've 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 been trying to get a a, a like a, a business myself going here, and you know moving out to Denver, I I know two people, you know three if you count my coworker, you know that that I that I would hang out with on a regular basis. You know I get the people that I work yeah. with and all that, but I you know I don't I don't even know half their last names. You know, so <laughs> it's like. It's it's one of those things where yeah to to build a network again because even in even in uh, you know Saginaw and Bay City, I had a network. It wasn't necessarily the strongest network, but it was at least something. If I wanted to do a it short was. film, I could reach out to somebody. You know, um, exactly. Right now, I've I want to do you know short films and things like that, uh, and it, it's just Chris and I, and you know, and we're just kind of like uh, yeah, let's let's just let's do some stuff. Then that's just the two of us, you know. But it's like I'd yeah. like to be able to have a. A resource of people. Hell, look at you know. I'm gonna bring. I'll, I'll bring it locked away into the whole thing. Uh, something that uh, I've mentioned in the past. There, when I talked with Jason, when I talked with Chris, um, Alan is another locked away alumnus. Um, look at how many people we got involved with locked away. I mean, we had probably 120, 130 people total. Tons. You know, Tons. in a small little town. Now, granted, one thing we had going for us was it was 2004, and not everybody with a DSLR was shooting a movie. Yeah, you know? so that made it a little bit Correct. easier. Now you've got that challenge, and of course YouTube, and you've got you know sticking out makes it a little bit harder. But 
Um, Every asshole's making something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seriously. It's like you tell people back then, yeah, we're making a movie, and people are like, really? Now you're like, we're making a movie. Yeah, so is my brother. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. So, Well, it's funny you mentioned you don't know half their last names. One of the jobs that was offered to me right before you called, I had missed his call. And I saw it, and I was like, who the hell is that? His name was programmed in my phone, so clearly I knew him. You talked to being him, yeah. Freel- being freelance for 15 years, you forget. No, I'm sure, you know, yeah. I, I genuinely can't count how many shows I've worked on. It's got to be over 100 yeah. TV shows. And so I quickly went to Facebook and searched his name, and it refreshed my memory. And I called him back, and he was asking me questions about when I worked on the James Corden show. And I pointed him in the direction of somebody else who could help him. <laughs> nice. And it's just funny because it's like everything, you know, it all, it's crazy. Well, but, oh, you know, we actually, we derailed quite a bit. Yeah, we, um, oh, I, I told you we're going to derail. This is good. Yeah. Of my first question. This is funny. <laughs> I feel like whoever the listeners are, well, one of you draw a map, like get a chalkboard, like in Back to the Future when they draw the timeline, draw the rabbit trails. When we lead back to our questions, I'd like to see it on a uh, diagram. <laughs> Please, somebody, somebody put that. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening and, and, and you you have the gumption to do it, send it, and I will definitely share it. So, but uh, yeah, that but that 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 is the nature of this podcast. It's like we might start off. I mean, there's this isn't going down the rabbit hole. This is the full wonderland. You know, we're just like yeah. anywhere and anything. So at some point, we'll talk about death. Maybe you know. <laughs> I mean, well, if not, we'll talk ourselves to death. Yeah, yeah, which is just equally as fun. But uh, yeah, so um, with the with, I, I just I think it's so cool that you've built yourself. Uh, uh, okay, here we'll go off. We'll derail a little bit here. Niche or niche? It's kind of like a tomato, tomato. I like the word niche, but you know that's a little more lazy. Uh, you built yourself a niche. I guess, uh, yeah. No, what what were you? What do you think? Niche or niche? I guess I never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll catch myself saying niche, and then it's just like I probably said both, depending I, on whoever whoever said it first before me. I probably just follow and say whatever they did. You know, that's an interesting concept, yeah, of, of just uh, whatever's comfortable in the room. So yeah, so there's a uh-huh. derail for you there. Okay, let's get back on track a couple steps back, <laughs> and uh, the fact that you uh, that you built yourself a we'll go with niche. You built yourself a niche with with being monster maxin you know i mean that is i mm-hmm. think that's freaking you know fantastic is is you've got yourself you know a specialty so to speak yes you yes. know well it's it's interesting cuz you know i was saying that i had done so much performance and then i stopped just to work to be able to pay bills and get my feet on the ground i was about i think 5 or 6 years in of my, I had a real career, a full career of, of post-production mm-hmm. and I was, I was just sick of it. I was just like, I, this is not fulfilling the craving of creativity that I've always had and always been able to fulfill. I can understand and that. So, okay. And so I was like, I got to get back to my roots, some type of performing, but out here, you know, it's the same thing you said. Anyone with a fucking cell phone's making a YouTube video out here. Yeah. Oh God. You ask ask anybody and they're an actor so i was like i gotta i want to be a performer but like not everybody everybody is an actor like i'm, I'm never sure. gonna make anything of it. it's just gonna waste my time 
And so I was pondering about what is my true beginnings? Like what makes me the happiest? And that's when you decided on porn, right? It was. And I <laughs> had my fallback plan. Yeah. Hey, that's the best <laughs> thing to have is, you know, you got to have a B route. So no, but <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, but truthfully, monsters have always been there. Like my whole life. I remember even as a kid, my earliest memories before remembering watching Sesame street, I remember watching Puppet Master, nice. Alien, and like even all my toys. When I was a kid, I rarely bought things like Luke Skywalker. It was always a Cantina and Jabba's Palace. Nice. You okay. Know? And so, and then I was thinking, I was like, okay, so how can I be lucrative with monster stuff? And I started tossing around ideas. I was like, well, you know, I, I, maybe I could help bring them to life, working the special effects, like making the monsters for movies and stuff. And I was just thinking about it. And I was like, it'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. But if I'm going to make a career jump from a real career that I already have that's a good one, I'm going for the gold. I'm going for the biggest, best thing I can. And what's better than bringing monsters to life or making monsters? is becoming and being the monster. Oh, like, yeah. To be able to say, I am King Ghidorah is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's Well, and I like how you how you you took a logical approach to it. You didn't just kind of fall into it. You actually made a, a decision. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that is freaking awesome. Because me with IT, I fell into it. I hate it. I hate IT. I just, mm-hmm. I ended up working in a... Like I said, it was it was an art degree, and of course, an art degree is you know a, a step below roll of toilet paper. And so, I you know especially in in Saginaw, Michigan, you know, and but I was always told just get a degree; it doesn't matter what it's in, you can always find a job. Bullshit. You know? Which was it was true back in the nineties. In the nineties, yeah. I think my generation was the last age range to actually be told that, and they thought it was gonna be true. But by the time I graduated, the world had changed. It, totally, yeah, and that's so. Now I'm just over a hundred grand in debt, and oh, I owe geez. a shit ton of money, uh, and uh, <laughs> and it means nothing. It's uh, not even on my damn resume. You know how many people know I went to school? Nobody. You. Wow. And whoever listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> and the sixteen it's like a people. Waste of money. <laughs> waste of oh money. my god! Yeah, that's that's ouch. That's uh. I mean, do they, do they consider it like a? Like a bachelor's degree, like let's say for example, you hurt yourself and you go, uh, can you go get a job working in an office saying, yeah, I've got a degree in this, or are they going to just go, oh, it's that kind of thing, you know, where it's not an official bachelor's degree in the eyes of the snobs that that want a bachelor's degree? Because I can't tell you how many jobs I've seen where there's no reason to have a bachelor's degree to do this particular job. It's damn near right. data entry or whatever it happens to be, you know, not, not even necessarily my job, but like, and I can't tell you how many times that, that I've worked at places where they'll say bachelor's degree required, but half the people working there are going towards a bachelor's degree. You could take one class every yeah. six years and you're going towards your degree, you know? You know, it's interesting for me. I feel like it's hard for me to answer because I'm so far removed from a real study job. I genuinely God, don't I know love that. I love that idea. Like, that's that to me. That to me is now the new American dream. 
being able to work, doing what you truly have a passion for. Fuck the, you know, the, the house and the 2.3 kids and the dog and the yard and the white picket fence. Fuck all that. No Those one can days afford are gone. any of that. No one can afford any no of that. No one can afford yeah. No. no, but you know, to be able to be, you know, to be able to, to, to live to your fullest potential of what you want. That's my dream. That is, that to me is freedom, you know? So yeah. congratulations on the fact that you're doing that. That alone to Thank me you. makes me very happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. No you know, problem. it's interesting. Cause it's like, I look at things like I know a ton of people who they used to think if you worked 30 years at one place, they'll take care of you. <laughs> Those fucking assholes will lay you off in a heartbeat. Fuck and yeah! You won't get you won't get a dime of pension or retirement. And I tell you, I'm not going to name it on this public uh, thing we're talking on, but I know many people very close to me that exact thing happened. And oh yeah, like, they gave their heart, sweat, tears, stress, everything to that company, and that company just gave them a middle finger and kicked them out the door. Totally, you know? it it happened to my dad. My my dad was 10, 10 weeks of, of away from a pension when he died. And the yep. company, yep. they wouldn't give him a dime. Didn't matter yep. all the overtime and all the yep. extra bullshit and all the heart attacks he had working for this fucking place. They were like, Nothing. nope. Yeah. And what yep. made it even worse was he, it was, it was between him and a friend to get a job promotion. And whoever got the promotion was going to be the other one's boss. You would think the friend would have at least helped out a little bit. Nah. Just kind of was like, eh, that sucks. Yeah, so Damn. corporations and companies and things like that, fuck all that. If you listening, if you have a dream, work the job while you build your dream. Because that's what I'm trying to do, you know? I want out mm-hmm. of IT. I've been doing it for 25 years. And, yeah, doing the whole daily grind, those days are long gone. The 30 years in retirement, those days are gone. They're still out there, yep. but it's not the norm. I mean, shit, I had a neighbor. And you don't, oh, even if you work that type of a job, you won't get the same type of payout in the end like hell there's, no there's no such there's no such thing as benefits retirement like you got to save all that shit for yourself totally even like even my age like when i'm gonna get goddamn social security i don't know where all my social security money went it's going to the people that are retired now and yeah not oh, yeah see a dime yeah no dude you know? i'm not gonna see a dime you're shell- sure as hell not gonna see a dime and all the yeah. kids <laughs> younger than you man god i work with I'm, a guy. i'm gonna get a negative dime they're gonna make me pay even when i don't work <laughs> yeah totally it'll be like oh you're you're on disability no you're not you're paying us all that you know that's i i got a friend at work who's who just turned 30 and we sit there. It's funny because he's he's 30 years old, but he's he might as well be a Gen Xer because he doesn't really jive so much with the millennials, but he also doesn't. He's kind of in the middle ground type of thing. But yeah. he and I both bitch about the baby boomers because the thing is, is the baby boomers, and you know what? And I don't have a personal they had beef. It made. They had it made. They had it made. Because the generation yeah. before them fought in the wars. The generation before that fought in wars. And I'm not saying baby boomers didn't fight in wars. They fought in Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. But, but they graduated from high school at 17, bought a giant fucking house, had seven kids, totally. retired, got all this money, and then, you know, the rest of us afterwards, we're paying for it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> it. And when they sit there and go, oh, kids these days don't know how rough it is, you don't fucking know how rough it is. To me, the that's baby true. boomers were the most spoiled generation. You know, I agree. because yeah. my generation had a couple wars, you know, your generation had a couple wars. I mean, it's, 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 a, yep. although you and I are yep. pretty much in the same generation. When, when did you graduate high school? Oh, three. No, we're in different generations. I graduated in 90. 
So yeah, we're, we're in different there's a, generations. There's, a, there's a, but, at least a different. There's enough a gap, but your generation, my but generation. You and I are, you and I are in. I think right now. So there's obviously different generations for each age range, and of you and I are definitely different ones. But I think there are two main um, parent generations. Let's call it where it's. I feel like I'm the youngest in the the category that would be um, pre pre social media, and then there's another yes. one that is post social media. And it's interesting. You spoke about your 30 year old um, work buddy. Mm-hmm. He is probably similar to me. He's he's a couple of years younger than me. I'm 35. Yeah, but he he's probably in a similar spot where it's like he sees the younger stuff. But he relates closer to someone who's 60 than someone who's 25. Yeah. And it's a crazy age gap. But, like, that's how you and I are. It's like, I associate with you way more. You talk to me with, like, a 25-year-old, and I'm like, you're an idiot. You don't know what the real world's like. You know, <laughs> you know I feel like people people always say, eventually, you go back when I was a kid. But it seems like that is happening quicker. Like, oh, yeah. I shouldn't be saying it at 35. I should be saying it in, like, 15 more years from now. You know? Exactly. No, I completely get it. It's that whole, you know, kids these days kind of thing. It's like, yeah, but, and I think I attribute, a lot of that could be attributed to the fact that we are advancing technology, advancing our, yes. you know, it's, it's social evolution Indeed. so fast now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, my generation, we had, the the cool thing we got when we were kids was video games. You know, <laughs> just video mm-hmm. games. And then it was like, you know, and then you think about it and then it's like, then it became the internet. Then it became cell phones. And now it's like all that combined along with being able to Skype with someone across the planet, instant gratification for everything. I can fucking click on an app and have Taco Bell delivered to my house. Yeah. You know, like I was on a cruise last week. I was in the middle of the ocean nice. in Alaska. Nice. And I had full communication. I was just emailing and doing work and texting as if it was nothing. Fuck, dude. I don't have full communication in my goddamn living room. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> my signal sucks. <laughs> what the it's hell funny. network are you on, man? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I got Verizon. Who do you have? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I got T-Mobile. <laughs> oh, well, that's your answer. <laughs> that's my answer. You know what's funny, though, is I went to the Apple store and the guy was like, I, I asked him straight up because... What's weird is by the mountains, I get great reception. I'll get three and four bars. In my fucking living room, I'll get one, maybe two. And I'm like, what's the best network? And he goes, honestly, T-Mobile. I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> I'm like, no way. Damn. He was lying. Yeah, well. He was pulling your chain. He had to have been because I've always had better <laughs> luck with Verizon. So, you know what? They're, I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna reach out to them. We're going to get a little kickback off of this. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've, been, I've been with Verizon since I got my first cell phone, which – was probably seventeen, maybe. Okay, that's that was. This is another us being old moment, but that was when you had to pull the antenna out and flip open the bottom. Oh shit, dude! I was on here. We it go. was We're an emergency. Talk about the... Oh yeah, it was yeah. An emergency only. Totally. Because you only had you only had like twenty minutes per month. It was yeah, like basically yeah. Like only if you got a flat tire or something. <laughs> exactly. I in fact I remember those days. I had a I had a similar one. I had the Nextel, and it was the same ah. kind of deal where 
Um, I remember I, I was running a sports booth, and which is funny is is I, you name it, I've tried it, man. I've tried to work for myself for years. That's why one of these days something's gonna pop. But I was running a sports booth where I was selling sports memor- memorabilia in the mall. I don't even like sports, you know. I know enough. <laughs> I can I can lie my way through. I know the people after I get to know them, you know. And, and and so I'm selling these sports plaques, and the reason why it failed was it was I literally opened four days before nine eleven. And then the mall just oh. tanked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I lost my ass. But it was crazy because I could sit there and look up the sports. You know, the, it, I could I could find out the scores. Wow. You know? yeah. <laughs> now you can yeah. watch the freaking game. You know, it's just yeah. it's so crazy how how technology has advanced so much in the last ten years. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. But I, I attribute that a lot of times. I attribute that to you know why people are so miserable is the fact that. You know, people are chasing material crap to try and satisfy themselves and try and make themselves feel better. And so, therefore, they get trapped into a job. And then, therefore, the only way to satisfy that is go out and buy the jet ski. Oh, the jet ski's not yeah. doing it. Now I'm going to go buy the cabin or whatever. You know, and then people and are up there. Now keep working. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah me personally, I, I, I gave up on all, on all the material stuff. I just, I, I've given up on it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You know, if it truly makes you happy, but. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like the line from Fight Club where the stuff you own starts to own you or however you word yep, it, you know? That's true. So, yep. yeah. I, uh, so when I hear, again, when I hear of anybody who's doing their thing and they're making a living and they're doing well at it, I get so excited because that gives me hope to think, hey, maybe I can too, you know? Anybody can, you know? It's, there's a million things. It's like... You know, obviously, it's like you can say anybody could be president, and it's not necessarily true. But like, <laughs> yeah, it is. If, if, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> let's not get into politics. We won't get into politics. Honestly, I'm pretty middle of the road, but <laughs> I just but had you to, can't though. That like, was low hanging fruit. Have, you have to be a billionaire. Like, not anybody can. It's like, yeah, no, you're totally right. The super rich can. Well, look at how but many it, third parties are out there. I mean, I mean, there's there's yeah. dozens of parties, and they don't even. Get get the light of day because they don't have the funding correct yeah but it's it's kind of the same thing it's like i feel like you can do anything but also at the same time i understand that there's restrictions especially almost the older you get the harder it is because you have your restrictions build up yeah the older you get oh yeah and uh it's i get it like you you know i I, I get it. I could say anyone can do it, but maybe not necessarily, and I feel bad about that. You know? Well, I mean, but, I guess it's it's if you're – I'll qualif- qualify it with this. If, you, if you're not the sole breadwinner or the majority breadwinner or whatever, in other words, if you have people that are relying on your income just to pay the rent, it's a little harder. You got to do it in your spare yeah. time, you know, but I know people who have gone out there when – you know, they, it wasn't a problem to live in a van down by the river kind of thing because it was just them. You knew Chris Farley? <laughs> yes! <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, you know? Uh, it was just, uh, it, it, I can't do that now. I can't just quit yeah. my job, you know? Correct. And I regret, there's there's a statement, and I've said this before on the podcast, but there's a there's a statement where if you if you could discipline yourself, and you know, push through the things. There's, there's the, there's the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And unfortunately, I have a lot of pain of regret by not taking chances when I was younger, when I had the opportunity, you know, or when I was working part time, or when I had more time on my hands of just taking that chance. And now I sit there and go, God, if I only knew then what I knew now, shit, 
Yeah. You know? I feel like I've said that my whole life. I remember, like, in college, I remember thinking, man, if I only knew about girls in high school, what I know now. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. Like, I feel like that's kind of like a constant thing in everybody's head. Like, you always feel like, if I knew now what I know then, when I walked to school over a snowy hill. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. But it's totally true. I mean, and I guess that's, you know, the hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that is the fact that it's easier to see things from that perspective after yeah. the fact, you know? Correct. But Yep, step back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh it's just it's one of those things where and that's something, you know, that this podcast is, you know, it's it's contemplating the inevitable, but it's also celebrating life. And one of the things I like to preach is Going for it, you know, taking the chance, go, do the do the thing. I mean, whatever it happens to be, it doesn't have to necessarily be a creative thing or a business thing. I mean, if you want to go skydiving, fucking go skydiving. Exactly. You know, it's like life is too short. Let you know, it's it's yep. it's got to be lived. You know, if you want to rob that bank, rob that bank. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, there may be consequences. Yeah, I mean, you do can it. do it. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Just please, all you future bank robbers, please don't shoot anybody. Yes, like, exactly. If you wanna, if you wanna rob the bank, put a candy bar in your pocket. Like you're still gonna go to nice. prison. Trust me. But you're still, you're still gonna get like reprimanded. But don't shoot people. No, people. D- the shooting is yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But also, if you have a Snickers bar in your pocket, you might make the cop who arrests you a little bit happier. You might get a little bit, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> be like, hey, 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 I got a Snickers in there for you. It's a king size. Yeah, we gotta be we gotta be careful what we encourage people to do. Yeah, no there shit. Are, unfortunately, too many people that actually want to shoot people. These yeah, days, so. no, you're totally right on that one. So <laughs> nobody uh, do it. Everybody yeah. stop shooting people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In all honesty, what gives you the right? What gives you the right to shoot somebody? You know that po- that that brings up a whole. And again, we're not getting political. Just on a simple human basis, what gives you the right to shoot yep. somebody? You know, unless it's in self-defense. If you think you do, you're wrong. You're wrong. Well, I would say in in cases of 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 true self-defense, but again, that can be that could be uh, uh, subject to debate. You know, someone comes at you with a fist and you've got a gun. You're like, I felt threatened. Fuck you. Yeah, it's like then dodge and and fist back. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to shoot somebody. Pistol whip them at the most. (laughs) Yes. But if they're coming at you all guns blazing, then yeah, by every means you have the right to defend yourself. I, that I agree with. That I'm, I can get behind that. But yeah, not with an AK-47. I, <laughs> I always have a, I always have a funny thing I like to say for like gun control, and I feel like the test should be: you sit somebody down and you say, "Do you think there should be tighter laws and background checks for someone to own a gun?" And if they say no. They fail because then I'm I'm wondering, are you worried about that you won't pass the test now? Why are you so concerned? Because I think there should be tight as fuck rules because I'm not worried about it because I have no intentions of going on using it in a way that I shouldn't. Yes. So tighten, tighten those laws. I will pass the test. Yeah. But all the people that are like afraid of it, I always go, you're afraid for a reason. That means you probably shouldn't have it, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very good point. You know, that's a, that's a very good point. And and you know, and it's 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 just it's one of those things where it's like and who needs a fucking arsenal? You know? Here's there that. should be a limit on some of that stuff. You know what I mean? And I've got family and friends who are gun enthusiasts and God bless you. You know, that's great. And I've gone shooting and I've had fun. It's fun. It's very it's fun. fun. 
But in the same sense, it was in a shooting range. I wasn't shooting people in the face, you know. Correct. You know, and, and, and again, also too, it's like I think too. The problem is, it's we're we're not doing deep enough background checks. And yeah, I feel like the background checks are not just the person who's buying it. Like you should look into their children, their immediate family, people that are commonly in the house, like things that. That those are the reasons that we're having this issue. Because the people that are going out shooting, a lot of them are taking other people's guns. It's oh not yeah, necessarily the person who has it. So it's one of those things where, like, if you have, you know, kids that don't pass the test, then the parent should fail, and they should yeah. not be allowed to have a weapon until the kid is long out of their life or something. Yeah, or know. at least the kid's an adult and and they can prove that they're not going to be somebody that's going to come take it. But then again, how do you stop that? I mean, I could I could go steal one of my brother-in-law's guns. Cycle. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think, like I said... You're going to lose half your listeners from this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> you know, and again, I am all in favor of the right to bear arms. I am. But I think there needs to be some kind of regulation. That's what I'll say. And I'm very much middle of the road. And I'll say that every time. Yeah. You know, I am very yep. middle of the road, I'm- but... I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't, I don't like the extremists. I don't like extreme. I don't like extreme. Right. Neither do I. Neither do yeah, I. They're both crazy, but we need to, there's a problem and that something needs to change. Totally. That's the simplest of it. So. But we got into politics, even though we said we weren't. We, yeah, yeah, you're right. We went a little <laughs> deep there, but again, we're going to get back on the rail. So now, okay, this is a good segue. So we're talking about shooting people. Let's get on the subject of <laughs> death. So <laughs> let me ask you the question. So what do you personally think? And again, what, whatever you think, th- there is no judgment. There's nothing like that. There's some discussion. Maybe I've, I've talked with people who don't feel anything happens. And I've talked with people who think it's, you know, right out of the, 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 the movies and that. Um, what do you think happens when you die? What's interesting is I did not plan for my answer on this. And I have not been asked this question since Jesus I don't know, fucking college. Okay. When people ponder. When people ponder on it. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time since I've even thought about this. But I don't know. I don't know if I have in my head. I've never really had a vision of do I believe there's an afterlife or do I not? But I have the one thing I'm confident of is I've always, I've always said I hope there is. And it's not okay. a matter of I hope there is because I want to – meet a god or I want to be forever alive. It's because there are people in my life and not just people like animals, like my cats and, and you know, like people love their animals. I love my cats like they're my real children. And I know I'm gonna outlive them and God, I will miss the shit out of them. I want to one day be able to see them again. So nice. It's just for a simple fact that I hope that there is an afterlife. Because also like if you know, I mean, not if, I mean, one of us, Kaylee, Kaylee's my wife, one of us has to die first. Oh, yeah. Unless, I guess we go, unless we go, like, in the Titanic at the same time, but, like... Yeah, but who's going to drop I, down on the water? Are you going to let her sit on the board, or are you going to sit on the board? One of you's got to go. More, I was thinking more like the old couple that drowned in the room holding hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? There's there's something touching about that scene, though. It's it's kind of like that, yes. that meme that you see on the internet where you've got the... And who knows if it's faked. I would like to think that it's not, but in the same sense, it's kind of disturbing. I don't know if you know that one uh, uh, image of the two skeletons embracing. Oh, yeah, I think that was an X Files, wasn't it? I don't know what it's from, but the one the one skeleton has a like a 
like a hole in its head, which is kind of disturbing because she's sitting there hanging onto it while he's sitting there bleeding out. I don't know, but it's just it's it's still it's one of those things where it's like you know, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's very powerful. It's one of those images that I look at and just go, holy shit! You know, if this is real, if not, even if it's not, because you know that, and this is a thing is that. A lot of times people will sit there and they will say, oh, this story is bullshit. Oh, this poem written by this old man is bullshit. And you know what? So what if it does? So, or so what if it is? Yeah. If it still it's touches powerful. you, it's still powerful. You know? Exactly. If it gives you that hope and humanity, it's still powerful. So if that skeleton thing is, you know, BS or from the X-Files or whatever, it still makes you go, damn. You know? So, yeah. those yeah. That old couple on the Titanic, how many of those happened? Maybe none. Maybe Maybe half the old couples died like that. Yeah. You know, but it's like one of those things where, like, I just, I hope, I'd like to see them again. You know, it's, yeah. You know, Kate, I would love to see Kate. You know, wants to be done. I mean, if it is, I guess there'd be no harm or foul because I wouldn't know any different. It'd just be true. Done. But while I'm alive, I love to think that one day I'll see my family, and my friends, and my cats. And you know, I have to tell you, I, I, I've had a lot of, um like suicides in my life recently. Really? Wow. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see, see him again and be like, I wish you would have been on earth longer, but I'm glad to see you now. You know? Just yeah. Like, you know? And, uh, damn dude. I, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I unfortunately just last week I had a, oh God. a college friend of mine. He killed himself and, uh, it's yeah. just, it's crazy. It's like, that's, you know, th- and I, that happens too much now. I, it's, it does. It seems like yeah. it's becoming an epidemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I I haven't personally. I haven't had any suicides of close people. I had. I did have a few. I had like three close people die last year, which is what spawned this whole podcast. But uh, but they weren't they weren't suicides. That's got it. That's a whole different thing because it's it's yeah. a whole different flavor. On you know, it's one thing for someone to die. It's another thing for someone to die on you know unexpectedly, but it's another thing Correct. to have it die, to have it die it. that way to choose it. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be rough. I've unfortunately had four very close people in my life. Holy shit. So, you know, it, it sucks. It's one of those things where uh, I wish, I wish people, I wish life wasn't so tough for people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's unfortunately, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, people think that that's their only way out. And, you know, if it's that bad, because that's the thing. And a lot of people, it's interesting. I hear a lot of people call suicide, um, uh, what are they? They're not victims. People that commit suicide, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they call them cowards. I hear that a lot. And I always think, I'm like, actually, it's kind of the opposite. Because I cannot imagine putting a gun to my head. Yeah. Like, that would take so much strength to do it or like things have really got to be fucking bad. Yeah. Like, like Jesus. Well, I mean, and, think and about... if that's the case, then good for them. They're no longer in that terrible of pain. Yeah. If they're you at know? peace, you know, I mean, again, not condoning it, but in the same sense, I, I've always felt the same way. I mean, the natural fight or flight <clears throat> kicks in when you've got a gun in your face. You know, I did know a guy uh, uh, who, who took his own life, similar kind of thing. Um, and I didn't know him real well. You know, he was, he was more of an acquaintance, but it's one of those things where it's like that. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, but when you sit there and feel that that's your only option, it's kind of like, shit, how fucked does everything have to be? 
it would have to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've I've had some, you know, everybody, every human has had some depression moments in their of life. Of course. Like, never to the point where I genuinely thought I would do that. Like, I can't even fathom being that low. And so it's like, that just tells me right there how bad things can be. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, and and again, you'll never know. You know, and maybe that's another reason why if you could see him, you could just be like, so why'd you do it? Yeah. You know, yep. and that's me. Yeah. I, I personally think, you know, from a personal standpoint, I mean, of course, the, the film series I do, I've seen too many crazy afterlife type of stuff. Um, right. You know, paranormal type stuff, however you want to refer to it. I mean, I've seen too many things of an otherworldly nature uh, to think that this is the end. But, you know, and, and, and I do, my friend, the one that died, he always had the same kind of attitude where if there isn't anything, you would never know it, you know. And, Correct. You know, and this, yep. this podcast kind of ponders that because no one really truly 100% knows. I've got some good suspicions, but, but you know. But you would never know. Would never know, yeah. And and, and anybody yep. who claims to have the 100% truth, either they're delusional or they really have something that the rest of us don't know. I mean, shit, we don't even have a firm grasp on the human body, really. Correct. You know, so how do we know what happens? I mean, when people sit there and say, oh, the brain's dead after you know, five minutes or whatever kind of thing. How do you really know? How do you know? I mean, maybe if you get down to like Ant-Man levels and there's activity going on, you know, like when he goes down to the quantum realms and all that, I don't know if you've seen any of the Ant-Man movies. Do you want to know what's always freaked me out when I was really young? So this goes back to, you know, some of my earliest memories before watching Sesame Street. I also (laughs) remember watching this fucking episode of, I believe it was either a, um, it was an Alfred Hitchcock episode. Okay. Tales from the Crypt or Tales from the Dark Side. It was one of those. Okay. And basically, a guy dies, but it shows from his point of view. And he's, <laughs> he still can see everything. And he's talking in his head, but no one can hear him and he can't move. And it's almost like he's paralyzed. And the doctors start to do the operation of. I forget what it's called, but like where they remove all your insides. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Casket. And he's just like screaming away. Oh, God, that's scary. They don't they don't know he can feel it. Yeah. And I, I saw that as a kid, and I remember thinking, shit, that could genuinely be real, and no one would know. Nobody would know no, because we don't have the equipment. Yeah. It would de- they're flatlining it, flatlining it along, you know, according to our equipment. But, Correct. you know, I mean, it's, it, think about it. Think <laughs> of how, you know, up until 200 years ago or whatever, there was no such thing as a micrometer, you know, they or whenever they developed with it. strings in the coffin. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yes, you're right. So that if they are still alive, you know. But, I mean, the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is we can only measure so much. I mean, it's, it's we don't know how far down the consciousness goes in terms of, 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 impulses and, and, and electrons and all that kind of stuff firing. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, you know, if for all we know, the body lives, the brain is conscious in a coma-like state for weeks. Yes. You know, that's that's some scary shit right there. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I'm talking to the right guy for that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's some unsettling shit when you think about that. Because, again, there's no way to know until you're there. And it happens yeah. to everybody, you know? It does. You can't cheat it. One of the other things I remember seeing as a kid was, man, I probably should have had someone stop me, but I think it made me who say, I am. Which I'm, gra- I'm grateful. For yeah, it. no, it did help build who you are, totally. 
but I remember, I forget the name of the movie, but it was a comedy horror and it had two ladies and a guy and they're immortal. And there's the, the famous scene where one of them shoots the girl in the stomach and like it, the camera goes through her and you see, do you know what movie I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's got Bruce Willis and uh, Goldie Hawn and uh, What's the name Meryl Streep. Uh, is it, is it, it's not Death Becomes Her, is it? I don't remember. I can't remember what it is, but I know exactly what what movie you're talking about. It might be that one. And, you know, know, I haven't seen it since then. And so either I'm imagining I I did some fan fiction in my own head or this actually happens in it. But I've always had this image of, I think the Earth blows up or something in it, don't they? And, like, her head's floating in space and she's still alive. Like, isn't that a thing? That might be something different. Maybe um, I like added that to it to like go even deeper in the immortal trail. Yeah, like, totally. They're if just you never, stuck. To, if you never died, like imagine if like the Earth blew up and exploded like in Planet of the Apes. You would. You just see a head out in space. Yeah. Like this is fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I did look it up. It is Death Becomes Her, but I don't remember the exploding head. That might have been something you added. You know, in your morbid six-year-old mind. Yeah, probably. But that's, yeah, think about that. If the earth were to blow up and everybody's just floating around, you know, with bodies and heads and body parts and things like that. If you were immortal, you would still be there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were, if you were immortal in this body. Correct. You know, if you were, if you were never ending in this body, but that's the other thing is it's like, that's the case. Then, you know, mummies that they're finding are still alive. That would be fucked. You know, King Tut's well, like, okay, guys, I get the joke. Get me out of here. They'd be screaming, though, because they used to pull their brains out through their nose. So that'd be like the Alfred Hitchcock thing. You yeah, know? totally, totally. I guess they, I guess at that point it would probably not exist. But then again, where do you draw the line? Does the brain then consider or continue having consciousness in the jar, in the ground? Fuck, dude, this got dark fast. <laughs> That's funny. It's like Abby Normal from uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's uh, it, it's yeah, it's 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 fascinating though to ponder all this stuff because you know again it's one of those things that everybody faces this. Everybody is going to see this at some time, you know, through loved ones or themselves. I mean, nobody ex- you know nobody escapes this. That's what I find fascinating mm-hmm. about the topic. So, and what's neat is. What you do for a living is you do monsters, which is that's been that's eternal. You know, if people have always had monsters, whether it's been yeah. you know biblical with the you know with with the uh, 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 devil and that, or you know, or the different uh, uh, Aztec demon gods or whatever. Every every culture has had their demons, their monsters, their, you know, their Frankensteins or yep. their, you know, whatever. And every person is fascinated with them. Yes. And it goes back to the same reason why I said that's how I wanted to go back to my roots because when I was a kid, I was so fascinated with them. I never bought the human characters. I only bought the aliens and the monsters. <laughs> that and, is so and awesome. it's the same thing. It's like, I remember as a kid being like, you know, I, I didn't care about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought the Predator was awesome. Yeah. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is cool. She leaves an imprint on a young boy because you see her underwear in this. But, like, <laughs> other than that, I'm more concerned about the Xenomorphs. Like, who got the planet guy? And, you know, it's like stuff like that. And then, you know, what's funny is I actually I got to meet them. Um, I got a private tour from Alec Gillis oh, at nice. ADI recently. 
and his partner Tom Worth Jr. wore the suit, but like they they built these um, xenomorphs at their studio with those two, and they also were the ones that built the Graboids and Tremors, which is a huge another favorite. Oh of yeah, Iron yeah. And so it's I get to definitely live the the dream of like if I could go back in time and tell fifteen year old Alan, I would definitely be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That would be that would be interesting. You know that hey, maybe that could be a uh, a story for a film. I've always I've always wanted to have a a story where the you know, the main character goes back and talks to them their younger self. Maybe you can go back and like uh scare the shit out of your younger self cuz your younger <laughs> self turns into a, some kind of creature of the night or something. <laughs> yeah. What's funny about my younger self is my dad had transferred a bunch of our VHS tapes to um you know, MP4s or whatever mm-hmm. recently. And once when Kaylee and I went to go visit him, he was showing them to us. And he had video of me, geez, I had to be like five or something. We had <laughs> our first, the first cat we ever had. His name was Boba Fett. <laughs> I love it. And there's a video of me walking up to him with my fingers out, getting ready to pet his belly going, and Kaylee laughed so hard because she, and she was like, you do that now. <laughs> so oh, that's so awesome. Like, I, I don't remember what you just mentioned, but you mentioned something about being kids or whatever. And, yeah. You know, well, going back and seeing yourself, but that's, you know, that's, it's going neat back and you can go myself. back. Yes. Yeah. I see. I don't, I, I grew up in the time period where the earliest VHS, um, you know, with voice and everything, because it was all eight millimeter. It was all silent type stuff, and the, the Super Eight, the yeah. Super Eight, yeah. And uh, um, it was high school. That's the earliest I've got of me. You know, is is high school stuff. But yeah, it would have been neat to be able to see myself as a little kid. And that's why, you know, I shoot all kinds of stuff of my son, or at least I did when he was younger, because you know it's fun to show it to him now, and he gets a kick out of it. You know, running around in his you know diapers with a shoe on his hand, that yeah. kind of garbage. You know, um, <laughs> seriously, we like, have footage of him running in circles with just a, my tennis shoe on his hand, and it's like, okay, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> you know, and it's 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 just interesting that. You know, you've got like the time capsule where you could see the roots of the current you back to then. Even yeah. if it's something as simple as when you tickle a cat's stomach, you know? Like the way I, I get excited and like the noise I make. Like <laughs> I had no idea that I had done that since I was a kid. I knew I've always loved cats. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a cat there's... person too. But like I didn't know that I did that exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool that it's – yeah. I mean, you know, but it, it, it's, it's good to know that uh, – you know, you haven't changed. You haven't strafed too far from your your younger self. I mean, clearly, if you were if you gravitated towards the the aliens and the Mark. Boba Fett's and all that, yeah, even yeah. your cat's name was the monster. It was Boba Fett. You didn't name it yep. Chewbacca. <laughs> nope. Well, you want to know what you know? My cat who's sitting on my lap right now. Her name is Zira, named after the female scientist ape in the original Planet of the Apes. <laughs> nice. I was like, where do I know that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, and that's again it's it's a person in a in a costume. So I mean that's yeah. as opposed to you know the Charlton Heston character or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know it's interesting. Like I remember growing up, it's interesting because I always remember their names. Like Kim Hunter and Roddy McDowell were common names for me. Mm-hmm. But if I if I say that to an adult now, they still have no idea. Like oh, 
Ronnie McDowell, I know because he's he did a lot of non makeup type stuff. Famous. Yeah, he yeah. was famous. But Kim Hunter, I I wouldn't have known her name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's just something I've always been a connoisseur of, and so it's, I think it it came full circle, and it was a perfect fit because even now, like when I when I audition for things, there'll be directors that they've never really dove into monster movies or they don't know much about it and was like i'm hoping you could tell me what to do and then during the audition i end up telling them (laughs) what i should do you know and uh but it's just because i know literally like almost every monster you can imagine because i've if you look at my dvd collection i guarantee you the only ones that do not have a monster in it are jim carrey movies (laughs) like (laughs) if it doesn't have a non-human character, it has Jim Carrey. That is it. I don't buy movies that don't have non-human characters. <laughs> and even that, half the time, he's wearing a, a mask to some degree. You know, he's playing a, yeah. an extreme character. He's not just playing the leading guy. He's, you know, he's got his... I mean, hell, he did a movie called Rubber Face, after all, you know, so... <laughs> I do have to give him props, man. Jim Carrey, he... Even when he does his outlandish characters, they're real. Like, oh, yeah. Think about... That moment in Delma Dumber when him and uh, Harry fight and they like go their separate ways for the first time, that is heart wrenching. Yeah, and it's like them fighting over. What, 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 I don't even remember what they're fighting over. They're fighting over like the ga- he sold the bike. He sold the the dog van. The dog the van. Yeah, yeah. It's been years it's since so I've seen that movie, but I do remember. Silly. Yes, but like it's heart wrenching just watching them as friends break up. And you're like, oh. Like that's how powerful of an actor Jim Carrey, and that's you know, and I always liked Dumb and Dumber, and then there were a lot of movies after that. I liked The Mask because I felt you know, well, he's playing that character. Honestly, I didn't come into truly appreciating Jim Carrey until uh, Man on the Moon. Oh wow! And then I mean, because I liked his earlier movies, but like uh, some of them, I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like when I when I saw Man on the Moon, I was like, oh wow, this guy can fucking act. You know, and then yeah. I went back and watched him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." You know, he's, and then he's been a good actor the whole time. The whole just, time, it's yeah. Like a, a particular thing to turn the light on for you. Absolutely, it just yeah, and it took that for me. And and there was another movie, uh, another actor like that uh, who I, you know, it's happened a few times where I don't really care for him, and then I see him in one movie, and it's like, oh, I get him now. Now I get them, and they make sense. And that was mm-hmm. Will Ferrell with Elf. You know. Um, it took Elf for me to go, oh, okay, because then I went back and watched Ron Burgundy and all those kind of movies or whatever, and I was like, okay, I get him. And I'm not saying he's not necessarily in the same league as a Jim Carrey, but he's, you know, it's a similar kind of thing where, he, you know, a lot of people on the surface go, oh, he plays the same character every time. It's like, no, not really, you know, and especially Correct. not Jim Carrey, you know. Yeah, like Jim me- Carrey, I, a lot of people say that, which is very interesting because it's like, you can't name one that's similar to the other. They're all so different, and they're all so believable. It's Jim Carrey is very talented. He, he really is, and in fact, he's. If I had a, if I had a dream guest, he's definitely in my top five. I would love to get him on the podcast because he's got some very fascinating concepts about existentialism and how yeah. we're all connected and the afterlife and what happens when we die and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's like yep. Jim, if you're listening, because I know you probably are. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, he used to follow um, my cat Instagram. Really? I had, I still have an Instagram. If you cat lovers out there would like to follow, it's Zira Lily Cam, and uh, I post only pictures of Zira and Lily. And <laughs> he 
used to have Instagram. He no longer does. But he only followed 14 people. 12 of them were like celebrity friends of his. And two were cats. He followed really? Nala Cat and Zira. And it, it was a real account because, you know, you could tell by this. He talked about his depression a lot. And his, his daughter would take his phone and, and post stuff a lot. And um, he would comment on pictures of Zira and say, pet her for me today. It would really make make my day cheer up or something like that. And when I first saw it, I was like, no way. This is fake. That is fucking and, crazy, dude. That's awesome. And it was great. And him and I... Um, he commented a couple of times. I, I may have replied. I might have been too nervous and disliked it because I didn't know what I would say to him. <laughs> but like, if I ever meet him, I will tell him. I'm like, do you remember Zira Camp? <laughs> yeah. How do you spell Zira? Is it Z E R A? Z I Z I R A. I was just about to say that. Okay. And uh, well, and you know that brings us to another thing here. You'd mentioned that you've got a short film coming out. Uh, I would love for you to kind of fill us in a little bit on that. Uh, I, I would love everybody to watch this. So in 2016, I made a movie called Christmas was Cookie. And this movie, <laughs> yes, you laugh because it's very bad. But the movie was made for $1,000. And I set out to make a movie for $1,000. And I also set out to make a bad movie. My intentions were I want to make a movie that is equally as bad as Troma. And I accomplished it. Yeah, but dude, it's, it's, (laughs) but you know what the thing is, though, is that I would have never guessed it was a thousand dollar movie because the makeup and the, and everything in it. I mean, it's very much a mystery science theater 3000 type of thing. And it's, well, I mean, hell you, 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 you Christmas, I'm going to, I'm going to make a verb here. You Christmas with cookied two of the movies that I was involved in. I did. I did. Thank and, you for letting me do that, by the way. Yeah, no, I love what Jason and I got a kick out of it because the movie that he did it to was Locked Away, which Locked Away is a serious movie. It's very much a throwback zombie movie with the pacing of like a 70s type of thing. Kind of think like a uh, picture like, uh, um, shit, what's what's the Phantasm? Yeah, Phantasm, that kind of a pacing. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, and you took it and you just skewered it and we loved it because <laughs> it was my it, favorite <laughs> my favorite moment in my version is when the professor and um, what's the main actor's name? Uh, uh, Travis. Travis. When Travis and the professor, they both like nod at each other. And yes. I felt like when I was first watching it, not the first when I first watched it in two thousand three or whenever that yeah, was. Yeah, whatever the hell. Was, yeah. But when I was cooking it and making fun of it, <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, what are they fucking agreeing? About? What are they nodding about? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> and so I decided to write in the script. I wrote, Cookie's going to nod and smile with them. And to this day, that's my favorite joke in it. And Cookie doesn't even say anything. He just nods he and just smiles. He just nods and smiles, like yeah. And it's so funny because, like, in a way, by him doing it with them, Cookie's just telling the audience, like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. We don't know why they're smiling. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea. But it's, you know, and, and not to get on a not to get on a, 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 a downer here, but I don't know if you know, but uh, the guy uh, who played the professor, when I mentioned one of the close, Kevin was a very close friend of mine. He was one of the people who died last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I mean, sorry. not to kill the moment. It's still a funny moment. What you did is great. He would have loved it. Trust me, he would have absolutely loved that whole yeah, thing. I remember him being very goofy. Oh, he's a very go- he was a very goofy guy. Um, and he, in a fun way, you know. And uh, in fact, when we did the re premiere, 
because uh, he had he had this uh, uh, basically condition that was causing him to be wheelchair bound and everything. But we were able to bring oh. him out to the premiere, and uh, oh. and he loved it. He loved it so. Um, and it's, that it's is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, uh, that was shortly, that was what, 2017. He died last July. So it was about a year before he died. Oh. Yeah. But he, uh, I had a lot of good times with Kevin. He was one of my best friends. And, uh, and of course, James, the the first guy I mentioned, um, you know, those two, uh, that's, that's why I, I pushed to get Kevin in the movie is because I knew he would do a good job. And in fact, he did it in such a way where it he was, did a great job. He did, but he did it. He did it in a way where it was. Yes, it was a little over the top, but it was perfect for the role. Yes, it would have been boring if he wasn't. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, and in fact, I've seen comments on IMDb where people are like, "The professor kills it," kind of thing. You know? Yeah, it's like yes, yeah. So, but no, I'm I'm so glad because, like I said, it almost kind of helps immortalize Kevin a little bit with you doing that yeah. too. You know, so I I appreciate that you do that. So when I saw it, I got a kick out of it. But he would have trust me, he would have been rolling over that one. Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess I made that movie, and then for a while, you know, I was known for. Everyone was like, "Oh, you like bad movies? You know how to make bad movies?" And I was like, "That's that's all I fucking am known for now." So <laughs> I was like, "I need to break this trend," and so I set out to make. I want to make a movie that can show I can make an actually good one. Nice. And to do that obviously need a lot bigger budget. Oh yeah. And, and so what I did was I said, I'm going to make a short and I'm going to prove that I can make a good one. And I'll use that to raise money to make a feature. And I made a 10 minute short for $4,000 and it's called Patina. And if you search on Amazon, Patina, Alan Maxim, you can, uh, pre-order the Blu-ray if you'd like. Yes, I know there's a Blu-ray for a 10-minute short. Uh-huh. Hey. Or you can watch it streaming on Amazon Prime. It's not available yet, but um, by the time this airs, it probably will be. And how, how so, do you spell Patuna? Patina is... Or Patina, sorry. P, P-A-T-I-N-A. And um, the Blu-ray is up right now for pre-order, and then eventually it'll be on Prime if, if you're not a physical media collector. But nice. I tell you, if you want to support and help get funding for my feature that I plan on making, buy the Blu-ray because I make more money off of that. Um, and all of the money will go towards making the feature. Excellent. The feature I'm going to make is not a feature of Patina, but it's a feature that will be better than. It'll be awesome. And I have a huge plan, and I have a makeup artist on board already who is going to bring to life awesome creatures. And um, the movie Patina is basically about a guy who brings home a robot who's six foot two (laughs) and he lives to serve and he wants you to give him a command to serve you. But the girlfriend is very weary of him and is freaked out by him. And if you look at the pictures, you'll understand why. Oh yeah. He's he's a tall robot. Totally. I've seen the pictures. It looks very trippy. It looks very cool. And there's an awesome, uh, awesome uh, uh, twist to the whole thing, and it's nice. fun. And it's a fun little ten minute short, and everybody brought their A game. And I mean, you can tell. You can tell that I spent four grand on ten minutes versus one thousand on sixty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, yes. And so you know that that's what I made this for is to prove that. And now that I have. It's going to be available to the public very soon. It had its world premiere in Las Vegas um, last week. And uh, 
should be premiering in LA soon. And I think I have a pretty solid um, one or two festivals that we will be playing in Bay City, actually. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check it out and support it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm going to definitely put links to that, uh, um, the pre-order and everything on, on the, you know, the show description because I totally. And there's a trailer too. So put the trailer so people can see what they're in for. Perfect. Okay. If you look for it on YouTube, it'll pop up. I will. And see. everybody rate it. I want you to rate it on Amazon, on IMDb, on YouTube, rate it. Even if you think it sucks, I want to know what you think because that's going to help um, make the next one better. That's yeah. Well, and, and honestly, in my opinion, I would rather have an honest three out of five stars than a, a patronizing five. You know what I mean? Oh man, you should, you should see some of the stuff I got for cookie. Man, you, I tell you, my career is going to be a breeze from here on out. Nothing's going to hurt me now. <laughs> cookie, dude, I had one guy, he made this long, paragraph comment about how the children who made this movie should not be allowed to touch a camera till they're old enough to understand cinema. Oh, and Christ. their movie is worse than Pizza Hut. And this comment is an insult to Pizza Hut. And like, <laughs> it was, this guy went, Oh. oh, dude! Some people take like personal offense if a movie isn't isn't what they expected. <laughs> Honestly, Locked Away got some of those too. It's like this is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. Really, it's but, the worst thing you've ever seen. Funny, if you watch the trailer for Christmas with Cookie, we're not hiding anything. No, you, you know you're making fun of it up front. What you're about to get into, like, there's no trick. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be like somebody watching the Toxic Avenger and going, I just didn't believe that the creature really thought. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. It's like, come on, you idiot. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's just, yeah, some people, though, just, honestly, I, I, I'm a firm believer that people like to troll just because oh, it gives yeah. them that power. You know, for that little moment, they can sit there and they can, they can show you who's boss for, you know, and then they can walk away and be like, I showed them. It's like, no, in reality, you don't even register on my radar. So for those of you listening, most of them, trolls, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> so. And most, most of those people have never created anything in their life. No. Like, I saw one thing where this was an awesome comment by Rob Zombie. On his tour, he had, I don't remember the name, but it was some like little, it was like young girl pop metal band. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of the band, but clearly the demographic of them is not. Rob Zombie. <laughs> well, White Zombie. I mean, they, Maybe not. I mean, he was on tour with them, so maybe it is. Oh, 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 okay. So it was someone that was on tour with him. I thought it was like some like fan, kind of like the whole this whole thing. Tool just brought out a new album, and Taylor Swift fans are like, I can't believe she's not debuting at number one by this new band, Tool. It's like, oh god. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was one of those no, kind of no, things. They, they were one of the opening acts for Rob Zombie. Okay. They're not the target audience for someone like you and I. I think. Gotcha. One of the fans was like ripping them apart and just saying all this bad shit and Rob Zombie put this comment basically telling him that these girls are putting out they're creating things they're putting their heart and soul into this and what has this guy ever created he probably just sits on his ass and watches YouTube videos and basically he like he spoke the truth of it and it's like cool to see someone like Rob you know defend a band like that oh yeah yeah stand up for somebody like yeah it's all 
everyone puts hard work. The worst thing in the world everyone puts hard work into. Totally. Totally. Uh, Chris and I have a, have a YouTube videos out there and some people will just ridicule them. And it's like, and nine <laughs> times out of 10, you go and look and sure enough, they have no videos or the only videos they have on their of channel course. is something they've shared, you yes. know? So yeah, most haters, most trolls are just jealous. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're armchair quarterbacks. Basically it's, that's one thing that cracks me up about sports is when people go, Oh, so-and-so sucks. It's like, you know what? The bench warmer, the fourth string bench warmer is more talented than you'll yeah. ever dream of being, you know? Well, I always laugh at sports people because the people that get most mad about it are the most out of shape people <laughs> sitting at a bar. <laughs> totally. Like, trust me, you and your diabetes could never make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man! Well, you know what? I guess on that note, uh, we've kind of gone over, but you know what? It was, it was, yeah, really, it was a great conversation, though. So uh, let's definitely do this again. You know, we'll get you back on uh, uh, maybe after the uh, the movie. You know, the feature and that. uh, I want to definitely check out uh, uh, Patina. Uh, Please, please. When does that come out officially? Um, I think you mentioned it. I okay. So it's it's officially open for pre order, but. Um, there's one festival I'm waiting to hear back from, and they have a premiere status requirement. Ah, if they accept okay. it, it will be after that. If they decline it, it'll go up immediately. Nice. Yeah. No, I <laughs> we, we came across that with some locked away stuff and all that too, so I get it. So, But uh, excellent, man. Um, yeah, and, and, and I want to talk with you at length about that foundation. I'm going to start bringing it up a little bit more here on the podcast because it's totally. something that uh, – it's the thing that I am really wanting to do, and you could be one of the people to help get me in the right direction of, you know, meeting or talking to some people because, uh, um, absolutely, yeah, it's one of those things that I think could could make an impact, and it's through film. So, cool. um, yeah, and uh, like I said, well, Jason's let's chat on board. afterwards. Then sounds good. So everybody else, Alan and I are going to chat. So sorry, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're gonna be trust me, everybody who's listening. You're gonna hear about this thing because this is something I'm gonna start really trying to push because it's a. I think this could be my thing. So anyway, uh, cool. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will talk to you shortly, Alan. And I apologize to everybody else that we're gonna have our conversation afterward. But uh, yeah, definitely check out Patina, and I'll put links to all that stuff. And uh, talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Well, that was a fun talk. I liked catching up with Alan, seeing what's going on, getting a little bit of the inside dirt on how it all works out there. And, you know, just hearing that he's still doing stuff and and, uh, doing what he wants to do, or rather how he wants to do it. And that's always something that impresses me. So, anyway, again, check out Patina. I'm going to go ahead and put links to it. Uh, You can catch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, In fact, it just aired on the 1st, and this episode's coming out here shortly, so on Monday the 7th, I believe, so check it out. And in the meantime, have yourself a good day, have yourself a good life. I usually say something at the end, but I don't think I'm gonna...